When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the latest Blakey's Boot Room podcast here from Wales Online. I'm Dominic Booth, back in the chair, joined as always by Nathan Blake, and this week by Chris Wadden. Is it a seasonal debut, Chris? I think yeah. it is. Oh. I think it is this season. This season, is it? Yeah, you've kept me away. Save the best till last. I thought you had done one early, early doors, no? It's been a long, long yeah, season long to be season, finished. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're lucky yeah. to catch Chris uh, in between his travels up and down the country following... Two of the best teams in South Wales. Um, Blakey, how was your week? Very good, mate. Yeah, very good. Going up to watch um, a game tomorrow up in uh, Dagenham, Forest Green, playoff game. So, uh, travel up tomorrow, stay in the Bermuda Inn. <laughs> it's better than watching Man United in the Europa League anyway. Uh, well, my, uh, my two youngest uh, have uh, watched and followed that. They're just like Jose, got excuse after excuse after excuse. But hey, moving swiftly on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're going to start, lads, then with uh, with Newcastle and Chris. You were there. It was a, a feisty atmosphere down <laughs> at Cardiff City Stadium on Friday night. But did we learn anything new about Cardiff in that two 0 defeat? I don't think we learned anything new. I think Cardiff are where they are. I think everyone who watches them knows that they're going to need four or five players in the first team next season if this thing about challenging for promotion is going to be more than just optimistic talk at this stage and have a knock-on effect then of those in the first team currently building up a bench that isn't good enough at the moment you only have to look at you know all right, Newcastle an extreme example aren't they mm. but you know they can bring John Joe Shelby off the bench when things are struggling a little bit uh, so you know we're, we're seeing exactly what Warnock has been spelling out for months it does feel a little bit like you just want to get on with what he's going to do this summer, get on with next season and, and let's see what's actually going to happen. Um, so, no, we all know they need more pace in the side. We all know they need a bit more creative spark that Newcastle were fairly disappointed, fairly flat in that first half, a good defensive performance. It's given them a platform to do a little bit more, uh, and but the players are lacking. So we know all that. I have to say, on the game itself, I was a little bit disappointed with Cardiff. Um, I thought Newcastle, you know, they stepped it up second half. I thought the army really sort of just ran the show second it. half. Yeah. Um, but that first half, I was expecting more of a, a blood and guts thing Friday night in front of the telly. Great atmosphere with home fans responding to the big away contingent. And I think Warnock felt the same when he was talking afterwards. I think he thought there was a lot of fatigue in there. So it was a, a little bit disappointing, especially for the final home game of the season. Just a check there on our first mention of a former Swansea player in John Joe Shelby there. Um, but no, you do expect more from a Warnock team in that sort of atmosphere, don't you, Blakey? We I saw did, it against yeah. Aston Villa, yeah. didn't we, when they yeah. won 1-0 at Cardiff City Stadium. Yeah. It wasn't the same, was it? Yeah, it wasn't. There wasn't. Um, there was never no major momentum built with the fans behind you, which silenced their fans, uh, where you penned them in. They Probably once in the first half they had them penned in, we had a few corners for probably five minutes. Um, 
but there was never that you know that wave then wave after wave of attack uh, they had a few headers that they could have and should have done better with in second half I think it was uh, Nuno Pilbenton had one at the fast stick where he sliced that Nuno yeah um, which he should have done a lot better with but you always felt that um, Newcastle were in cruise control to be honest and um, I would liken Cardiff to Birmingham now I know Birmingham is struggling at the moment but that's a confidence issue and you know Zola that's a whole different ball game but prior to that and the Rowett I watched them quite a bit a friend of mine's a director there I watched them quite a bit and they they remind me of Cardiff you know almost like a jack of all trades they've got no masters they've got they're just decent all the way across the board um, and that's how I felt Cardiff performed they were okay they, they weren't poor far from it but they weren't great and Newcastle weren't great Newcastle almost played the game as okay the attitude of if you score we'll step up and score another sort of thing yeah so they never got beyond second gear really Newcastle and that was due to Cardiff failing the push and if you look at Neil Warnock's body language in the last 10 minutes 15 minutes he, he hardly said anything but he was just you could see he was he was angry and disappointed at the same time um uh, what Chris says right he, he wasn't he was, I think he expected more from them as did most of most of uh, the general public but he, never materialised he of course came out and had a goal at the referee because Sean Morrison had a goal disallowed which looking back in the replay it was a it was a, it was a free kick he was, was I was commentating on the game yeah. and his body if you look you can always tell a, a, a giveaway sign is two things uh, defenders often when they're attacking the ball will often put their arms on the striker's shoulders which restricts them from jumping or in the other way they can what they do is they bend their arm they put their arm on their back and bend their body over so it stops that person getting his head up but they put their forearm on the back of the neck and extend their head then over the top and if you look at Sean Morrison's body shape it was literally like that so his feet were here he was behind us, but his almost. head was bent right over now to me that's a free kick you're not going to was Warnock's frustration at the referee was that born out of frustration with his I think it's just frustrating totally yeah. you know the day you know it, let's be fair it's not often you see 6,000 away fans come in and the Sky Sports cameras and, and you're on TV Friday so night. you're going to be building up to it you're going to be thinking oh, this is going to be a hell of a game mm. you know but Cardiff aren't chasing anything but is that now the the on on watching football world? Is that their perception of Cardiff in a cluster of say ten to twelve teams who are just not good enough for promotion right now? Like you mentioned, Birmingham could think of you know countless other sides: Derby, QPR, Derby, Wolves, yeah, Norwich. Yeah, there's you know, there's, so there, many there, of those there's so many of them. It doesn't really mean anything, does it? it you know, it wouldn't have mattered if Cardiff went and stuffed them three 0 Yeah, you yeah. Know, it, it is what it is. What it would have been nice, and this has perhaps been a little bit greedy is that the final home game, everyone leaves with a big smile on their face yeah. because they've pulled out that type of result. And yeah, they've silenced all the jokes well. down. Mm-hmm. You know? That, and, like, and as it happens, it was a really a bit of a, a flat note that it was later known there's buses to catch, but the team are doing the walk of honour and the people are long gone. You know, There's a few left in the stands. And let's be fair, let's get it right. 
where Warnock took over the side, they deserve their recognition. They mm. deserve to get some credit for the mm. job. Absolutely. Perhaps there was a false position then, mm. but they still had to do a job and mm. they've done it. And and that was it. Would have been lovely, wouldn't it, if they'd given Newcastle a bit of a beating? They've silenced all the away fans. The fans stay. They all get a great reception, and everyone goes into the summer with a with a big spring in their step. Mm. But ultimately. That's just us being a little bit greedy and, mm. and wanting a perfect world. I think if you look across the board and look at those teams who are at the top six, top eight, I think Cardiff squad uh, around about currently are around about a 12 to 14, 15 position squad yeah. because we've highlighted for two years on the boot room that there's no pace in the team. You know, any manager who was coming in, that's, that was my biggest. But Paul Trollope, any manager coming in talking about what he was going to do and then tried to adopt the counter-attack style didn't make sense to me because you have your philosophy but surely your, your, your player's got to fit into that philosophy. And if you've got no pace and it was like, it was an extreme version. We didn't have a player because at that point, two years ago, Kadeem Harris was nothing to do with the, the squad. He was out on loan. So you had no pace at all in the team and I just thought um, to adopt the counter-attack style of play was just was just crazy and there were eyebrows raised I think in January when we saw Warnock going after a winger Johnny Hayes was the target and people thought well you know Craig Noon Anthony Pilkington but like you say Kadeem Harris is the only player in that squad offering pace so should we be surprised if Warnock goes after you know more pace and more flair I wouldn't be surprised if he went for uh a lower league, maybe a League Two, League One winger who's had a very good or decent season but has potential to go higher. It's a bit raw but does have that, you know, that blistering pace. Because I think you, you, you do have to roll the dice and take a chance. You can't just say, I'm going to sign, you know, wingers who are well known. Uh, like a Pilbenton or a Noon and say, right, he's definitely going to do this. I think there is scope. And I, if you look at the budget, I think he's going to have to go and buy someone from eight, 300 grand, 400 grand from lower leagues. And uh, you need, you, I just say you need those rough diamonds as well. You, you've got to be able to, you know, pick a winner at the lower, lower level as well and bring them through. So I think that might be something more he'll be focusing on than the creativity have, as well surely well if you're looking between four and six million in, 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 you're not going to get a lot done with that kind of money it's interesting as well isn't it is that we'd all back Warnock not only to identify someone like that but to unleash that potential mm-hmm. if Russell Slade was still manager and he's, he brings in a league one or league two player we'd all be up in arms and, and thinking that's, that's, what he's that's doing. life isn't it well, he's a, he's a, we'd say he's a rubbish manager because he's looking at the lower leagues but the name Alex Ravel springs to mind I, I think well you've got to have a proven record that's the difference and I think that's what Warnock is, is giving off to everything at the moment is that there's, he's gained only from his track record, but what he's done so far, he's got that credit at Cardiff. Mm-hmm. And, and, mm-hmm. But we are getting through delivery time a little bit with, with Neil. He's setting himself up perfectly. But I think next people, season. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. People want to see now what can happen with a summer, with a pre-season, with identifying, which he has done, identifying those weaknesses and putting them right, which is ultimately football management. Because the championship hasn't changed. It hasn't changed since you know, I played in it and won it. It's the same thing. 
the teams who play the better football tend to win that league. You can get through with a kind of a route one sort of long pass style of play. It can happen. But generally, teams who are at the top of the championship tend to play the best football. So, you know, the myth that, uh, you know, you can't play football in the championship is a myth. Trust me. You know, when I was in there and we won it at Bolton, we had the likes of Man City and everyone in there. We, you know, we were just, we we had physicality, but we had highly skilled players. We had goal scorers. We had wingers, not necessarily flying machines, Scott, Scott Sellers and Margaret Hansen, but they were tricksters and they always beat the defender and got to the byline. So it's, it's not all about raw pace. You know, you look at someone like Craig Noon, when he was at his best, you know, you don't think of him as a flying machine. He's just so hard to handle. Gets past the man mm-hmm. when he's at his best. And yeah. I think we'll see another one of the better footballing teams of the league, um, Huddersfield, mm-hmm. against Cardiff this weekend. We'll get on to them. I think Fulham are the yeah. one. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. If I was to put my money anywhere now for a team to go out in the playoffs, it'd be Fulham. And probably deservedly so from the, the football I've seen mm-hmm. them play. Mm-hmm. What about this list of players then, Japs? Um, Sebastian Basong, John Ruddy, Michael Turner, Ryan Bennett, Yusuf Malumbu, Kyle Lafferty, Stephen Whitaker. Seven players um, released by Norwich. All their contracts will expire on June the 30th. Would any of them fit the bill for Neil Warnock's Cardiff City, Chris? Well, yeah. Um, I think given that they haven't got a number one keeper, because McGregor you know, will, will be going back to hell, whether he, he lands on a permanent deal, and already he's an obvious one, is it? big commanding keeper he's a big character so too big for some people um, proven record will Cardiff be able to land well like that's really? the different thing the are they are they in England English? international well yeah he's not going to get I just don't think that's I think that's out of Cardiff remit well this is, this is it right you've asked the question mm. would any of these fit in the side yeah I think you could make a case for a three of them yeah yeah nigh on all of them yeah. if you wanted to but these are players that aren't having their contracts renewed at Norwich for a reason and it's not always to do with whether they've got the quality or the, or the hunger still as it is at Cardiff as it is at Cardiff <laughs> you, Norwich are entering you know another year without Premier League money alright mm. they've got the parachute payments they're having to cut their cloth accordingly Absolutely. and fast and um, and you know you don't expect even though they they probably won't get the same deals that they're on now because they're out of the Premier League They'll also be expecting a nice hefty signing on fee because they'll be on on Bosman transfers. That's how free, you know, yeah. and because agents are going to make sure of that because that's their their chance to make a bit of cash as well. Mm. So, yeah, you can make an argument for anyone, but you know, I think Cardiff will make one or two signings where they put the push the boat out a little bit, but the rest this summer are going to be hard working signings, and I mean that not as in type of player hard but to get Cardiff yeah. have, have worked hard to make the deal happen mm. and and you know the player's got to want to come as well for the right reasons that's what Warnock's trying to build is it he's trying to build a dressing room you know he talked about the types of, of teams that have gone up and the type of, types of football they played but you know he'll tell you as well that it's about that character isn't it and and having that, that leadership leadership quality. and team and he's mm. and you sense that Warnock's starting to get there at Cardiff mm-hmm. you can feel it a more of a camaraderie about mm. the place you know that he's bringing it out to them mm. but you know, I think he's one or two more in there as well I think it's easy to just expect those things to happen mm. or expect to have leaders in your team you know and it's, it's not always the case 
you know. And sometimes you can have big name players who not got leadership qualities. You know, it's as simple as that. You look at Middlesbrough or or, or, or Sunderland; they got some big name players in there, but it's very little leadership. You know, look at Sunderland. Look at Jermaine Defoe, England international for the last fifteen years. Brilliant, great leader, but you know. Little Dutch striker, you know. There's only so much he can do. There's only yeah. so much he can do, you know. There's some big, you know, strapping lads there who don't seem to be showing the same leadership quality. So, and like I always say, you have to take into account people's day-to-day lives. You don't know what's going on behind closed doors of some of the players. They might be distracted on something that has nothing to do with football. So, Is that where Warnock comes into his own, maybe, in persuading those players and setting out the terms of the well, agreement in coaxing them to well, come I out. always say when you're signing a player you, you before you sign him you find out as much about him as possible and you know you then take that and weigh it up because you might find some people I always say <clears throat> some a lot of people will find out about a player and prejudge and I always say until two people work together you don't actually know how you're going to get on I had this conversation last week with someone you know, you might not like that manager because your mate has told you when he was with him at Norwich, he he was this, that, and the other. However, that manager knew might get on like a house on fire. You just don't know. You only have to find one thing in common or do one great thing and he recognises it or you see something in him that you recognise and you come out with your shout. So it depends. I've played in clubs where people have been had leadership qualities, but chose not to display them because they don't like the manager. But are there certain situations where the quality of player is so great, and if you get the chance to, to sign a player, then you throw that that personal stuff out the window and you, you get on with the job? Yeah, Maybe if you're that great, you don't get released, regardless of your wage, because you, 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 you they can't afford to do without you. So or is it the fact most of these players on the list are you know approaching or or coming past back the end of, of their careers? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I do think, you know, I do think Ruddy would be a, a, a good keeper to have. I do think I would like to see someone like Malumbu and maybe then Gunnison playing ahead of him mm. with a creative player alongside Gunnison, you know, in midfield, or Gunnison and Malumbu playing alongside each other with a with a creative midfielder above him. There's it, all sorts, you know. Lafferty... I don't rate Lafferty no. I just think he's Lee, just had a Lee Smith on that list has he been no he's not no, been released I think um, they've, they've made him available for sale anyway. you talk about a guy who's eight and a half million about yeah absolutely scoring goals for fun in, in the Premier League you know um, what about Lafferty though Chris Cardiff reportedly in for him last August on deadline day well look if it, if it's a cheap deal I think Cardiff have, have not, not got enough striking options if it's a cheap deal where it doesn't really affect anything well he might be worth a punt but to be honest I think Cardiff have got other priorities. Well, they definitely have got other priorities mm. to nail down first. Yeah, yeah, and and certainly that type of striker isn't one of them. Mm. Look, Zahora signed his new contract before the game. I thought he, I thought Kieran Clark had him on Friday, but I think we've got this thing with Zahora's fatigue. Warnock even mentioned that wrapping up the deal a few hours before the game didn't help. Although he did, he did, he did. Uh, they he were worried shot. about him. Yeah. They were worried about him, definitely. I was just quite impressed with Clark's performance. I think yeah, he paid good he attention forward. to him. Yeah. He, was. he was. But, you know, he's he's got something, so He's got something. And I'd be interested now with a bit of a rest, with a bit of a pre-season, with you are our number nine. Mm. What you then need is people 
to provide goals provide for him because he can him. score on his own support him mm. and I don't think Lafferty isn't that type of player to be honest I don't think Lafferty could score the goals Zahora has scored which has been all about Zahora then mm. right? I don't think Lafferty has that capability I do think if you had players who were providing chances for Lafferty I think he would score goals although I don't think his goal ratio is good enough for even the championship if I'm totally honest he doesn't score enough goals it's as simple as that so then he, you add that he hasn't got the ability to do what Zohar can do is run from the halfway line past two or three players and put it in the net then you're looking and thinking well really in the championship you're looking at uh, 8 to 12 maximum a 15 goal a year striker not going to get you promoted maybe if that's your second striker or your midfielder or your winger yeah but as your striker, your striker's got to be looking 20 plus. You've maintained that you think Zora can be a 20, 25 goal a I, season striker, I, but is that is that even enough? No. Look at, look no, at Chris Wood and, Le- and Leeds United. No, you need, you need, you know. You need, you need two I, I would say if you're going to play, uh, say, a 4 3 3 system, then between your two wingers, they've got to have 20 goals plus. Right? Yeah. Or your midfielder has to have. Eight, your winger has to have nine. Your other winger has to have eleven. You have to have your <coughs> your quartet because <coughs> you're looking at now between eighty and hundred goals to win the championship. There was no surprise that Warnock said after that Gunnison goal against Forest he expects double figures from him. Mm. You know because he has got that engine, he can push on and mm-hmm. as as he. Mm-hmm. You know, if someone takes up his job of sitting a little bit of, mm-hmm. of protecting that back four. Let's see what he can do. I think yeah. that's what Warnock's seeing. Well, I see, I've always seen Gunnison as an eight, mm-hmm. not as a six, yeah. and not as a ten. But you're not an eight if you, if you scored three goals a season. That's you not need, enough, Well, it? it's not enough. No, it's not enough. But what I, the point I would make, and the point that I think Warnock has made a few times, is um, he's used the example of Sheffield Wednesday. Mm. And they've got a countless <laughs> number of, of strikers, some of whom couldn't get in the squad. I think Sam Winnell couldn't get in the squad to play Cardiff this year. Mm. They spent X amount of million pounds on him. Forrest Dieri, Gary Hooper, mm-hmm. Stephen Fletcher. That's a, an, a, an Arsenal striker that Cardiff and Cardiff have got one at the moment re, in real terms. Yeah, it, it's going to take a squad. And it's interesting. A few months back, I think before they played QPR, I had a look at the number of players he used in his promotion-winning side, and it's a huge turnover of players mm-hmm. uh, that that came in, did their bit for a certain part of the season turn to for different uh, you know games different opposition Warnock is more tactically aware than a lot of people give him credit for oh, he's, he, listen he's, he, he knows football man. yeah and he'll change everything ever so slightly change his approach ever so slightly he won't talk about it because mm. that's not Neil Warnock that's not this character that gives the opposition the, the knowledge that you're worried about that person yeah. so yeah he, so he, he will want can he a squad and I don't mean that he'll want four forwards and, and four wide players you'll want different variations within that you'll want mm. a winger that is just pace yeah. you'll want one that can <coughs> cut inside and act as almost like a support well strike. if you look at Junior Hoyler he's a prime example yeah. he can play as an 11 he can play as a 7 he can play as a 9 he can play as a 10 so you've got a player there who's you know adaptable in several positions you know Kadeem Harris he can play as a, a 2 he can play as a a, a 7 or he could play as that kind of wing back sort of in between yeah. the two. So you do versatility. Need, you do need versatility. You do need adaptability. You, you, your players have got to be adaptable. And 
I think the biggest thing they're going to have to have is game intelligence because how it is now, the rotation in, in most teams or in most of teams in the top eight, rotation in their squads now of their front four or front five or front six, it's, it's, it's fantastic. Well, it's going Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday for large chunks of the season, isn't mm-hmm. it? As, uh, as Chris knows only too well from <laughs> yeah. his travelling schedule. Um, on to, to a subject that I think will really interest you both. And from a night that was fairly expected in terms of how the awards went on Sunday night, I think nobody can really argue with Aaron Gunnison as player of the season or player's player of the season mm. as he picked up both. Kenneth Zahor as young player of the season and goal of the season for that. Solo run against Preston, I think it was. Yeah. So Sol Bamba didn't win a thing. Nothing for Sol, but then. Well, there you go. So I'm just gonna, I'm gonna. Just an opinion. Hand out. We're gonna hand out four alternative awards here on the boot room, <laughs> um, okay. in categories that weren't covered by the club on Sunday night. Um, so who would be both of your unsung heroes of the season? Maybe a player that hasn't received the. Sol Bamba. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Next, on Chris. to the next one. <laughs> oh. I don't, I'm going um, to say to the coaching staff, which is a sort of really Blackwell and, Blackwell and, and so Jepson, Jepson. because mm. it's fascinating watching them. Mm. And I know this is a way of getting away with that, of answering the question by not naming a player, <laughs> but it's fascinating watching them because they are a real coaching team. You know, this isn't a manager and his assistants who are too scared to say anything. No, they get up. This is a manager, <laughs> right? And they're and they're not afraid to have a, almost have a row with each other, yeah. right? And it works perfectly, yeah. right? And um, it's it's great to see this come up, and they're not afraid to make their own points. There's that comfort with each other's roles. Mm. You know, Warnock's not threatened about Blackwell. Uh, being a former manager like some manager might be threatened by a number two sort of being a bit ambitious mm. or what have you there's a it's trust isn't there there's an absolute Kevin trust into the game yeah there's a, there's As a, a man- in the managerial yeah. sense they, they just they all on the same page and you know don't underestimate that and also you've got this and they're all nuts yeah right? <laughs> at the Forest game when Kevin Blackwell standing oh. up to uh, David Weir at Forest and he even takes his glasses off at one point because they square up <laughs> you know it's I mean, it was entertaining to me because it was a rather dull first half. And Big Ronnie come a bit of it off. Yeah, and then Ronnie kind of steps in and, and everything calms down a little bit. Uh, but those things... passion. Yeah, but there's, there's a seriousness to that point is that those things do go a long way. In they rub the off on your of team. Season. Yeah. Mate, because you... you be, I, I second that totally, Chris, because what I would say, if I was on the pitch and I see my um, manager, coach, an assistant coach arguing and rucking you would tend as a player to go want to go over I mean yeah. if it all kicked off it, you, you would because that's the rule when it all in sort of thing yeah. but what it does it gives you that impression that they're willing to fight anybody on your behalf mm-hmm. on their behalf it's about us as a unit you yeah. know what I mean now what tends to happen is when you have that sort of attitude and that emotion it tends to rub off on the players because they're willing to say, well, i got a kind of, you know, all or nothing kind of attitude. Yeah. Yeah? So I'm in it no matter what. Yeah. And then you as a player, you either have to get on board or get off at the next station stop. And I would say, you know, 
most of those players understand that now. Yeah. We are on board or we're not. And I spoke to Blackwell at Brighton uh, around uh, Christmas time, and he was to- it was the first time I chatted to him since he got appointed. And one thing I kept on coming across was how much they want to make Cardiff a place where people just really don't want to go and play that they yeah, hate it and, like it used to be and yeah exactly <laughs> right? because they know how important that can be and you look yeah. at Carlos home form it's starting to get that momentum at home yeah. now alright take Friday out of the equation and I think he sees a role in that I'm not saying he's going around and just mouthing off for the sake of it but those messages mm. can get across sometimes and, and it'll just get that feeling again so yeah I think tactically for the support that Warnock gets and for those little things I think they've been my unsung heroes I like that so we've got a vote for Sol and a vote for a joint vote for, for Ronnie and I'll tell you who else I would, I would vote for unsung hero I'd probably go with um, Rouse yeah because I think he's improving definitely that was my improving. vote Blakey. oh was he yeah I think he's improving steadily but again you're a midfielder goals mate I yeah. need to see more goals from you. So I would, if I were him or I was advising him or I was a coach, I would be saying to him, I'm not accepting that you're accepting just being a player outside the box, especially if you're not playing as a holding midfield player. If you're playing as a holding six, hey, goals are not what you're about. You can pop up with your two or three a season, but that's going to be your limit. Yeah, If you're playing as an eight or a ten, Mate, you've got to be looking to... A bad season is eight goals. A good season is 14. You've got to be looking to get the double figures every season for me as a as a, as a a midfielder. So that's something I think he can add to his his game, definitely. But yeah. he's had a good season. I think Rouse frustrates some Cardiff fans. He's they, young, they, though. Yeah, absolutely. I think he needs to be given a chance. You I think do need to mature as a He's player. a hard worker. I frustrated Cardiff fans when I was like... <laughs> 18, 19, 20. It, it, it happens. They expect you to be, you know, as a 26, 27. I didn't think nowhere near the same mm-hmm. at 26, 27 as I did at 18, 19, 20. God, if I didn't want responsibility, I just wanted to play football. Yeah. It wasn't until I was 21 and realised, actually, the team relies on me a lot. So I need to take that responsibility and start to run with it. Then I'd, I'd say my consistency came and everything hence then getting the move but until I adopted that and realised it and and accepted it it is difficult because as a young lad you're expecting senior pros to do all that for you so what continuing on that theme then who's your most improved player of the season from the the squad last season of course discounting Bamba and Hoylet and the new arrivals who stood up this year Chris Lee Peltier okay Um, even but I, I didn't. I won't say I had a problem with Peltier last season, but I saw I saw his limitations. What I liked about him, respected about it, I thought he was honest about those as a player. Um, so what he does, he makes sure he does very very well, and I think he's yeah. improved even more in that sense. I think he was one of the few players playing well under Paul Trollope when he was playing as part of a, a three-man centre half. I've spoken to him. He's clear what a character he is in terms of. You know, he's a bu- he seems a bubbly guy. He's a scouser. He's got that thing about him. He he's enjoys a- defending as well, Chris. I feel. Th- that's I what I like. I love him. Yeah, I love him. and that's what Warnock likes. And mm. I think, and when I say he's got limitations, that not that's not being disrespectful. 
right? But as a fullback, you know, he's admitting he's not going to be someone who's going to be. He doesn't like a to do it. Fullback. No, exactly. He doesn't so, like to do it. Might, I don't know him, but I can see that in his body language, where he plays. He doesn't like to get overlapping, and because he's almost more concerned of what happens to that space that I've just left. I love that. And what he does then is make sure he do, he nails that. He crunches he, people yeah. as well. He, he sets a tone. You know, mm. I don't know what he's like in terms of being loud and all that, but he mm. just seems to be one of those players that you know he's got your back as mm. a side that he's got. You don't have to worry about him, and you need those consistent levels. Imagine him next year. Yeah, Peltier, uh, Bamba, and if Manga stayed, Manga. Or Connolly or whoever, you know, Morrison. Do you think there are games I when Peltier will be needed and games when he won't, maybe? I th- no, yeah. I think he could be a stall. If he played a back three, I think he could be a stalwart in it, mm. definitely. Because he just he just beasts people. He's the kind of player that players hate to play against in training. Yeah. Because you never come out without a little knock or a bruise or a dead calf or you know, knee to knee clash or something like that. You know, he's one of them players. They're, they're they're out there, but he's one of them players. Now, I think if you're playing in a in a back four and he's playing as a right back, what I would say is, as the le- if you're the left back playing in that team, you can just you can raid forward for fun because Lee is going to get forward once in a blue moon. That's not his game, but I love the fact that he loves defending. Mm. That's kind of an art that's gone out of the game of recent year. I think at the end of last season, you might have been questioning his worth in the side, especially the way the Trollope was looking to take the team. I think now you'd say you'd have him every day of the week. Well, if, in, in Trollope's, in, if, if Trollope had played a back three with a five-man midfield, I don't think... There was a couple of times where he tried to play it as a wing-back. And you could see Lee just was just uncomfortable trying, just doing that job. So I would say, if I would have been Paul Trollope, he would have been because he can run, he can tackle, he can jump, he loves defending, he's tough, he's a bit of a leader or a lot of a leader. You know, he's got all the qualities you need in a in a, and he's got experience in a in a quality defence. So for me, you have to play him as a right back and say get forward if and when you feel comfortable or just be one of those supportive full backs so you've got a winger who's always going to run past someone you just support or just sit and then say to someone like Bennett right that gives you license to even when the ball's down the right you know Pelts is only going to be you know he's still going to be 20 yards outside the 18 yard box so he's always in contact with the other centre half so you can push up you can you know you can put if it was Hoylet Hoyle can go right in as a second striker. You can come around the back as the winger. You can you can really utilise that. So mm. overwhelming support for well, yeah, well, a couple of years, obviously Kadeem Harris, who, mm-hmm. who's had a you know, decent decent year. Though I have to say, you know, didn't see enough of him to say that he's improved. Mm. He's just had a, he's had had a, had a first run in the side, which mm. he's never had before. And obviously Zahora, but you know there were flashes of Zahora in games last year, and again. Did he have that run? I thought Paul and Arrow just walked back in. <laughs> <laughs> Never stops talking about it. <laughs> it was the first time. We <laughs> <laughs> couldn't get through a whole podcast without a name check on, uh, on Paul. Um, what about, let's move on to the next um, alternative boot room award. 
match of the season which which game in terms of maybe atmosphere or Bristol City oh. at home yeah I was going to say the away game as well maybe that a candidate was a good, too. that was a good game but I think after you know let's be fair club had been making poor decisions for probably two years and the best decision and the first time a decision that made sense was Neil Warnock's uh, appointment and then they you know his first game in charge is the derby no coincidence was it and the atmosphere you know it was the first time I've seen a stadium nigh on full for a long time and it was a great atmosphere and they won the game and Bamba scored as well yeah it just felt you know, like that it, everything just fell into place and yeah. from there they've been able to rebuild and stave off the, the threat of relegation if there was any doubt whether Warnock was the right man that game just ironed out any yeah. uncertainty whatsoever mm. didn't it yeah mm. absolutely I mean into, like some people have, I wasn't at the game but some people mentioned the, the win over Huddersfield at home um, but I, I'd probably say the derby, the game at, win at Derby just because it was a mad game and yeah. you know it's gone proper seesaw and I've just about got over the sort of stress of changing my report <laughs> three times uh, and it for a midweek game on Valentine's night no less but there are better ways of spending Valentine's night yeah um, let's not go any further holiday <laughs> maybe the yeah, turkey exactly. for 10 grand yeah <laughs> but, but then they've uh, they've won at Leeds on the Saturday which is a great win don't surprise me though they always win at Leeds yeah and then they always get a result there. and then to follow it up a couple of days later with Warnock taking his team training in the local park and stuff like that you know cracking win and it it just did make you feel that you know he, he really is building something you know mm. so but yeah I'd probably agree with Blake in the Bristol City game it just it just felt right as I say it just yeah. felt that everything fit I think that's the game we'll remember yeah. when we look back at this season as a sort of watershed moment yeah um Onto a slightly more neg- negative tone now, and the biggest disappointment of the season. Oh, now, this could be a game or a player or a decision. Oh. What What was the, the lowest? Obviously, the run under Paul Trollope, but the, the the biggest reason, or maybe the biggest disappointing player that you Does just felt let down. What, whatever you like. It's well, no, the biggest it's open, disappointment for me was field. hearing Paul say we're going to play the Wales away. That right. was the biggest disappointment for me. That told me that set the tone, set the stall out, and everything. That told me this isn't going to be great. Mm. It, it, it was a, it was a disappointment because he's a good guy. Mm. He is a good he guy, Charles. Do, great guy, actually. Do, yeah. I go further. He's a great lad, Charles. He's he's an intelligent guy, a great coach, great ideas about the game. It's, wanted to do. Do well, you know what though? I spoke things, to Eddie Newton but, last week, and yeah. Eddie, I was having a conversation similar along these similar lines, and Eddie will tell you, having great coaching ideas, right, and then actually going out and transitioning that onto a pitch. Don't forget, this is a guy who's won Champions League with Chelsea, mm. and Di Matteo, as has been proven since he's left Eddie, doesn't coach, right? I've seen that yeah. firsthand at West Brom. Mm. Doesn't coach so. When you see the team set up and see how they play, that's West Brom, Milton Keynes, Chelsea, when Robbie's, Robbie and Eddie were together, it was largely down to Eddie. So when you see Chelsea go on and win a Champions League, it wasn't because Di Matteo coached them to, that's Eddie Newton. Right? He is a fantastic coach. But he'll tell you, he's come up against so many of these coaches, managers at different times, and I tell you, you know, coaching is, you know, 
uh, totally different to your ideas and methods of how you're going to coach. So was Trollope maybe guilty of overcoaching? Or it's difficult to say. Uh, you know, we weren't there on the training field it, yeah. to, to tell you. I just, I to be honest, I thought it was the wrong job for him anyway. Mm. I don't think he should have taken it for what he wanted to do. It was such a big change needed in that direction. Well, he was never... The problem was, I don't think he was... You know, at the end of the day, you you, you make the choice as a grown man to take the, the job. But I don't think if you step back and look at it, you were never in a position, and the club was never putting you in a position where you were... Your chances of being unsuccessful were far greater than being than what they were to be successful, just simply because of the structure of the club and what was going on, plus the financial fair play... You had a chairman or an owner that didn't want to be here or didn't want to come to games. You had a chairman who was saying the last manager, you know, was this, that and the other. To me, it was all built upon, Paul's appointment was all built upon the cheapest way to do it. No disrespect to Paul, bet he earned good money, but the cheapest way to do it and we'll ride off the back of the Welsh success. It was... Um I'd like to put my own candidate forward for the biggest disappointment of the season. I wonder what you both think. Don't you just ask the questions? Yeah. Don't get involved. Well, this is this is a, this is a, <laughs> don't get Bobby this, Pig. This is, a, this is an answer with a question. Glorious, Dov. I love it. Um, what about Craig Noon? Because I think he is a, a scintillating player at his best. I really like watching him. Mm-hmm. Time and time again, he just doesn't he doesn't do it for me. He, I, he doesn't do it for the Cardiff I think, fans. I think he's he's. Um, I think he's been here too long. Yeah, yeah. I think he's kind of because you've got to understand as well with, and this is why I I, I always maintain. Listen, players take responsibility. You have to about your performance level, but your performance level is affected about what goes on around you, your day to day life. Yeah, and there were so many things. If you look at Cardiff over the last three years, it's been turmoil, right? And as a player. Being in a dressing room with a club that's in turmoil, you when you're all together, you say this place is is is, is it's going down. Mm. Even though we've got the ability as an eleven to affect change on the pitch, right? What happens is from Monday to Friday we get we're getting beaten down for what we see. You know, different things, different things. And I just think he if you look at the season where we got promoted, he was out of this world Incredible, Premier yeah. League season went up a level again he was brilliant and then he's fallen off a cliff I just think he got to the stage where maybe you'd achieved what you set out to do was get the club to promotion but then it's for the club to support and put the proper structure in place for you to then be successful as a team so if you can't afford it that's a different matter you get there kind of like Burnley and you try and yo you a few seasons before you can make a proper stake. But if you can afford it, which we could, I just think it was just so much turmoil off the pitch. It always, Dom, trust me, it always ends up in front of you on a Saturday afternoon. And the players get the brunt of it, you know, because the fans are frustrated. That fans' frustration is not just the fact we're not winning today, but all the things that I've read in the paper, all the things I've heard on radio, everything is just doing my head in. Then I get to the game on a Saturday, and mind. I'm not here to yeah. fr- I'm not here to support really. I'm here to let my frustration out, mm. and that's when you hear a difference between a crowd. You look at Newcastle United last year, right? 
and how the crowd reacted, reacted home and away. It was never really, really supportive of what was going on. This season, first time, first ticket they got was Rafa was staying. That was a big plus. And then momentum has gained. But if you still ask them, could they change the hierarchy? I think most of them would say yeah. 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 It's, it's a bit too much to ask to have uh, all singing off the same hymn sheet and perfect in every facet. But, but, but you don't expect perfection. No. But we all got to, I always say, anything that's flailing or creating drag is going to hold you back as a team or as a club. Yeah, and as a player. And yeah, as a I player. Th- I think I wrote last week, I think he can't steal. Yeah. I think it'll do him the world of good to move on and you get the feeling Warnock thinks the same. Mm. I might be completely wrong, but watching Warnock's body language on Friday, he wasn't happy with Noon's performance. Mm. He looks confident, shot again, the, the decisions he was making in the game. It's frustrating, as you say, and disappointing because people have seen what he can do, but I think... I think he might benefit from moving on. And of course, then you get Cardiff fans might be saying, oh, why did we let him go? But sometimes that's what needs to happen. Yeah. That yeah. It just it just needed a fresh environment. And likewise, Cardiff will benefit, guarantee you, Cardiff will benefit from signing similar players who've gone stale elsewhere. It happens at the top. We look at, what's his name at Monaco now? Scoring goals for fun. Couldn't the band... No. Falcao. Couldn't the band at Man United. Hmm. But that's, that's Chelsea. It's a different like a set no. of circumstances, like you say, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Those circumstances affect how you play. You look at him now, you think, Man United, could have, they would bend over backwards for a striker like that. Let's not get into Man United's troubles, Blakey. Chelsea, <laughs> a backup striker to play against Costa. Yeah. You know, absolutely. or to challenge Costa. You know, absolutely, but couldn't it? would just wasn't at it here. Wasn't at it. Right, so that's on to predictions for the weekend and maybe a quick line in summary of uh, a season going up against a, pro- a side going for promotion in Huddersfield a mm. playoff side now having mm. that confirmed mm. is that's that, great for them are they, are they the blueprint is this game like a this is what we could be type of fixture for Cardiff no because Cardiff have got a, a, a very wealthy owner and They've got a fantastic stadium. But in terms of where Huddersfield have come from this season, nobody fancied them for for the playoffs. And yeah. I'm not sure too many people will fancy Cardiff next season. Cardiff have been a Premier League team in the last three or four years. You know, I think Cardiff really are ahead of the likes of Huddersfield. I think you would like, an, I don't know, maybe a Norwich or something like that. But you know, I, I, do think, I, I do think Huddersfield... I think they've done, they've built it slowly, slowly, slowly. They've done a fantastic job, you have to say. Installed a great manager, got a great philosophy of how they play. Um, but if if you're looking at that as a blueprint and saying, can Cardiff emulate that? I think the philosophies are different. Yeah. Uh, but I think, I mean, no doubt, I think Cardiff is a, is a far bigger club than Huddersfield. Chris, it's. Um, I might not say that in Huddersfield, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> They've probably been the standout story, though, haven't they, Chris, this year, really, in terms of surprise packages of the season? Um, yeah, although you mentioned earlier, I think I've been really impressed with Fulham. Because um, they were struggling with, with us at the start of the season. Uh, they were, you, Jukanovic, I can never get the pronunciation of his name right, but you know, if he manages to get promotion, having done so with Watford and then being bombed off, mm-hmm. that really rubber stamps what he's done to go in they've got some fantastic young players um, 
So yeah, they've been my. Uh, I've enjoyed watching them the most. Mm. Credit to Gary Monk. No one would have thought Leeds would made the playoffs. Everyone thought he was going to uh, flop completely. All right, they they missed out at the end, which has left a lot of people with a little smirk because Leeds Especially are now going to pay uh, off the capital. Yeah, Leeds are now going to pay off uh, the, the, the refund the season tickets because they didn't make uh, didn't make the playoffs after promise. That's a massive. <laughs> yeah, <promise>. exactly. <laughs> but Don't you know, get ahead of yourselves, fellas. Every, you know, I'll, I'll admit it. I thought I didn't think Reading would make the playoffs. I thought actually Reading might struggle under Yapstam. But if you look, if if you look right, if you look at Leeds. Let's say Derby and Norwich, mm. right? And then you look at Fulham, Huddersfield, and Reading. Mm. You look at how they play; those three, yeah, very similar. Yeah, mm. right. You look at how the other three play; very similar. I just think who's in the playoffs and who's not. I just think the way of playing, the style of playing, is moving more and more towards that dynamic, fast flow. You know, through the lines, players. Man City do it great. Get it. David Silva gets it. Turns, and then he's got three people to make the choice mm-hmm. off. You know, Fulham do it great. You know, Huddersfield do it great. Reading do it great. I just think, you know, not that you can't be successful in other ways with other philosophies, but to me, it's no surprise that those teams, who Chris is saying, I didn't think they they make it. But they all have a similar philosophy, you know. Sheffield Wednesday have a similar philosophy, you know. They've all, they've all been successful. Brighton have been successful. You probably look and see Newcastle as the team who aren't like that, don't play that style of football. I've seen them at Birmingham. They didn't. They played a lot like how they did at Cardiff. They're just a strong machine, yeah. you know, with quality players all well, over. Less, aren't they? Yeah, they just they can't yeah. shake them off. Yeah, so I've. I've no idea what because uh, what the results going to be in the weekend because I've no idea what side Huddersfield are going to pick. We had ten changes last week. Yeah, exactly. Or um, not my experiment. Yeah. It, um, and it'd be nice to see though if we had a couple of youngsters. You know, now would be the time to do it. It'd be nice to see a couple of youngsters come through and maybe you know, at least I would say a, a, a club of Cardiff's magnitude should produce two players for his first team every other year as a minimum standard as a minimum standard well we might get a chance on on, on Sunday in fact mm. um, so a quick prediction from all of you before we wrap uh, up Chris wants to see Cardiff 2-1 because I think they will make changes 4-3 away thriller just to give me something I write about on <laughs> <laughs> what is effectively a dead run yeah, you don't have to go, mate. Uh, <laughs> I'll say a two-all um, as another exciting draw, and finish the season with plenty to ponder and plenty to ponder on this podcast as well. Thanks very much, chaps. Pleasure to have you both on. Pleasure. And um, we'll be back same time next week. Of course, you can follow all the latest Cardiff City news on Wales Online, and we'll see you very soon. <laughs>